All right, welcome to New Endings. Thank you for listening today. My name's Darren. I'll be your host today. And as always, we have our producer, Mariah, here with us. How are you doing, Mariah? Hi, I am excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. Mariah, it seems like every week we have some good news to, to give about the show. Today is uh, no exception, of course. We have new CR people listening in Costa Rica. How oh, do you wow. like that? Costa Rica. I think I would rather, you know, be vacationing right now. Well, yeah. Well, I should send them. Maybe they'll let you stay in their house or something. I'll send them a message. I'm down. I'm down yeah. for that. <laughs> I was mess- messaging uh, Terry over there. He's, he's even willing to come on the show and, uh, you know, be one of our CR interviews. So on top of that, Australia is coming on board if they like today's show. So they're putting the pressure on. We'll be uh, interviewing Stacy from Indiana today on her codependency. So if Australia doesn't come on the show, uh, we can always blame it on her, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Australia sounds cool, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what time it is there. Does anybody know what time it is in Australia right now? I used I guess to. I'm I can do it never good at that. All right. Well, okay. Bad news for the day. I've got nothing back from Broken Change yet. You believe this? I don't. I know. I thought I would be a vest-wearing, walking billboard for Christ-centered recovery by now. You'd think so. I think the rules are that uh, anyone that's uh, going to see our group on, on, you know, on a regular basis, they can join uh, uh, Broken Chains. Hmm. I wonder if I made Jeff Stoltz mad or something. Who's Jeff? Uh, Jeff, he's like the head of all of Broken Chains. He started the whole thing. He's got a great testimony. Matter of fact, it's on our website. If uh, you know, I got a post on there. It's so good, but uh, he's probably not going to remember me anyway. No, well, you never know. Well, I must have upset someone. Um, we have a caller right now. A call. Let me. We don't take calls. <laughs> let me see who it is. Huh? Hello. I don't hear a call. Is you sure you got this right, Mar- Right. Hello? You faking me out or something? Hello? Uh, Hi, you who's hear this? Me? Who is this? This is Amanda from Broken Chains. Amanda? <laughs> we were just talking yeah. about Broken Chains, weren't we, Mariah? Oh, uh, yeah. my God. I know. Uh, yeah. What, uh, Amanda, what's up? Well, I kind of heard that you have been stressing out a little bit about your application. Uh... You yeah, got bit. busted. I, you know, I look at the Broken Chains Facebook all the time, and I see all these people posing with their, with their, uh, you know, acceptance letters and all that stuff. And I've been looking at them for, for week. I I did this like, well, before the summer. No, it was after the summer. Little after the summer. It's been a couple of weeks. I've, I've been sweating it. Let's put it that way. Tell me, you know something? Well. I just wanted to calm your nerves and let you know that you are approved and your packet is in the mail. Uh, so you can quit stressing and just chill out a little bit. Uh, all right. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much, Amanda. I knew, I told you, Mariah. I, there wasn't nothing, you there was nothing to worry about. I know. It was easy. I was a little worried, though. Um, do you have any uh, Australian members yet? Uh, actually, we have one Australian member. Get out of here, really. Well, Australia's going to start listening to us if we're any good today, so uh, maybe we can get uh, a whole batch of them over there. Yeah, that would be awesome. We have a motorcycle uh, drug and alcohol recovery group that listens to us in England, so they listen to the show. There's, a, I guess there's motorcycles in Australia. Well, you said you have oh, one yeah. member, so okay, yeah. 
That's kind of dumb. Yep, we actually we actually have members all over the world. We have them in Norway, Canada, Mexico, Kenya, Australia, Vietnam, and the Philippines. Oh, I didn't know all that. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, what? Tell me this. I, I know I'm going to be like number, I don't know, two thousand and twenty or thirty by the looks of it, and you're you're number two. Who's number one? Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. I never knew that. Well, that makes yeah. total sense. So yeah. you're actually the first uh, member in then, I guess. I am the first associate, associate member. member. Jeff right, Stoltz right, right. is the first writing member. Yeah, Stoltz. Can I call him Stoltzy now that I'm a member? I better not. <laughs> I think I already made better him Better not. All right, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for coming on and announcing that, man. I'm going to feel, feel better. I'm going to announce right now, as a matter of fact, I'm going to wear my broken chains vest. On every single show from here on out. How's that? Sounds great. It'll probably take Best me about Best way to three... advertise. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I like the point that the uh, somebody said it at the summit. You know, when when they see that broken chains on the back, they ask you what it's about. And it gives you a good chance to, to you know, just start explaining, kind of get into the conversation. A lot of people have trouble, you know, breaking into a conversation about recovery or Jesus or anything like that. And it makes it kind of easy because they actually ask you. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's why I got kind of excited yep. about it in the first place. So. But it'll probably take me like three yep. weeks to get all the patches. I got so many patches picked out. It's going to take me forever to get them sewn on. <laughs> all right. All right. Amanda, thank you so much for calling in. You made my weekend here. Well, good. I'm glad I could do that uh, for you. All right. Thanks, Amanda. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Boy, how about that? I know. I was worried, huh? I know I've been talking bit. about it for three weeks. I know. I'm it's excited ridiculous. for you. Oh, good. good. Okay, well, so am I. I got to tell, tell. Uh, well, Stacy, you're right here. You, yeah. I think you get approved at the same time. I hope so. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, well, before we get to Stacy, I got one more thing I, that I ran across this week. I met a new friend uh, named Dan. Uh, he has a Facebook uh, uh, page called uh, Bible Read Along. Bible Read Along. And every morning he reads through the Bible chapter by chapter. I thought this was kind of a cool idea for those of you that have trouble finding time to read the Bible. So check him out on his Facebook group, Bible Read Along. And I guess you probably would be a good thing to listen to in the car. And, and uh, he has some fillers that go in with it and some, some thoughts of his own. And it sounded like a pretty cool way to just read through the whole Bible. I think they're in Exodus right now or something uh, after the last time I looked at it. But check that out, um, uh, Bible Read Along on Facebook. And uh, now that's been a lot of excitement. So we better get to Stacy from Indiana. She's going to explain a little bit about what her life has been like as a codependent wife. There's uh, thousands and thousands of you out there right now dealing with the same thing. So welcome to the show, Stacy from Hello. Indiana. Hi. Hello. All right. Well, now, uh, Stacy, let's get started with uh, all my guests. Uh, I want you to give us a, kind of a quick rundown of how your life has played out. So we have a little background. Uh, I know for a fact that uh, you had a, uh, some dysfunctional family issues when you were growing up. Why don't you just start there and kind of fill us in on all that? Okay, so yeah, absolutely. And I uh, kind of refer to my upbringing as dysfunction junction uh, to kind of play a little bit of uh, humor into that. But there's a couple things that stick out most importantly that affected the choices that I made later in life. So uh, one of those was that the house that I grew up in was completely chaotic with screaming and yelling between my parents constantly. And um, basically, my brother and I raised ourselves, so it was very neglectful. 
But then also, in that screaming and yelling, my father was completely sexually inappropriate um, with jokes and comments and made fun of my mother at every turn. And not only did he do that in private in our home, but he did that in public too. So it was completely embarrassing, um, you know, very shameful. I just wanted to crawl in a hole and, and die. Um, and then with that, he couldn't hold down a job because he um, most often would get fired or terminated because of his inappropriateness and not being able to get along with anybody. So that meant through my 12 years of school life, I went to nine different schools and I guess most significantly four different high schools. And that was um, you know, from California to Wyoming to Georgia and then back to California. So I had no roots whatsoever. And so what ended up happening in all that is that, you know, that um, ridicule that my mother took from my father, she basically made fun of me all the time, told me I was fat, ugly. Um, so then, of course, I started telling myself those things, too. Um, didn't have a lot of friends, so that led me to connect on to any friend group that would accept me in. And with that, you know, during those high school years where I moved around, I ran into the wrong group of people and acted out with drugs and alcohol and sex and you know just made all sorts of wrong choices. All right, well, that's not a good start, obviously. So I, I guess the, the second you could get out of there, you, you probably did, right? Absolutely. W well, what happened there? Well, uh, the first kid that uh, told me the things I needed to hear um, that I should have been hearing from my parents, um, you know, I love you, you're nice, you're pretty, etc. Uh, my folks were moving out of the area again when I was 18, so I jumped into um, living with him in his apartment. We ended up getting married. I married him at 18. Um, we were married for 13 months. It was verbally abusive, uh, physically abusive. It was completely awful. Um, he was cheating on me, and about the last straw, if you will, in that relationship is I he pushed me down um, throughout that physical abuse. Uh, my wrist broke, and then the big joke when anybody asked, hey, how did you break your wrist? Why are you in a cast for eight months? Was that I, I was so clumsy that I tripped over a shoe, and so you know, he would you know, have a good time laughing at that and making fun of that, um, even though he knew the real reason why. And of course, I lied for him and stuck up for him because I was embarrassed. All right, so it was already, uh, already starting then, I guess, the codependency. Absolutely. Well, um, as a disclaimer here, some of you already know that Stacy is my wife, and I told you I'm in the game with y'all. So I brought her as uh, my first uh, guest on the show. Uh, so um, why don't you tell us a little bit of what it's like living in a codependent uh, relationship, Stacey? Absolutely awful. Um, what happens is uh, you start taking the blame on yourself um, you start second-guessing yourself. What could I do um, to make uh, you want to hang out at home instead of be out drinking with the boys? Or what could I do in that first marriage that I wouldn't get beat? Um, what am I doing wrong? I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not good enough. And any of my happiness or joyfulness, if you will, is all wrapped up in that other person. And quite honestly, now that I know a lot about codependency, I was in that codependent relationship from childhood, um, you know, covering up for my, my parents and what they were doing with each other and the embarrassment I had about, you know, growing up where I did. So it's just that constant cycle of, you know, 
you know, I'm bashing myself over the head with, you know, I'm not pretty enough, I'm ugly, et cetera, because why don't you want to come home? Why is the first husband beating me? So it's just, it's awful. It's really bad. Well, I want the uh, codependent women and men, for that matter, to understand, uh, you know, how they're affecting their partners and families. Um, how did it how did it make you feel personally when I was out till uh, all hours of the night carousing around with my friends? Uh, angry, lonely, frustrated, sad, hopeless. Um, again, like I was uh, just a piece of trash that no one wanted, um, hurt feelings. Um, again, that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't be good enough. Um, the family life couldn't be good enough to make you want to stay home as opposed to going out and drinking and gambling with the boys. Um, so then I started looking at myself, what am I doing wrong? And you know, it's just that cycle over and over again of what I grew up in and what that first marriage was, that I was just worth absolutely nothing. I had no self-esteem. Again, I use the word awful, but I'm sure there's a bigger word for it. Um, so that's why I kind of just rattled off a, a list of words, if you will, at the beginning of this question. Oh, okay. Well, well, that hurts a little, but I guess it should, you know, and makes you think a little bit. What, what, well, tell me, why'd you hang on so long? You know, I have... It was 30 years, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I do know. Um, it <laughs> was, uh, you know, I've been asked this question a lot of times, uh, leading codependent ladies groups, et cetera. So, you know, I think back and I, I really think the one thing you and I had, fortunately, was a friendship before we had a relationship and um, so I think I really was hanging on to that and then also I knew the man you were without the alcoholism so I kept thinking you were going to get back to that I was going to be able to fix you and of course in any codependent relationship that doesn't happen um, my recovery has to lie in myself and not in um, you know your recovery but um, also I look and I think that, you know, now that I know a lot more about codependency, it was because I didn't know a lot about it then. I knew it was wrong. I knew there was something going on. I was making excuses for you. I was lying, you know, to friends and family and loved ones about what you were doing or if I was late into work because I had to pick you up from jail from a DUI or I couldn't go to work because uh, another hospitalization, those types of things. So I really didn't, I, again, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't really know all about codependency at that point. Well, uh, some of the folks out there listening don't even realize that, that, that they're codependent. Um, when I finally faced reality and went to CR and started working on myself, you went to CR uh, with me at the same time. You learned a lot about uh, codependency there, I guess. Yeah. So I guess, um, first of all, why don't, why don't you explain what, because it's difficult to understand. So get, give a good explanation of what codependency actually is. Well, I'm going to um, actually use a definition from the book Codependent No More by Melody Beattie and how she describes it and how she defines it is a codependent person is one who has let another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. And I want to make it perfectly clear, just because you and I are married, um, that relationship doesn't have to be a spouse or a significant other. It could be a parent with a child. It could be, you know, brothers and sisters, siblings. Um, it could be a friend, and it could be a child to a parent. It's anybody um, in a relationship where you're, you know, covering things up, lying for, 
um, you know, that person in your life that you have, you really can't find any satisfaction in your life without doing that. All right. Well, uh, you didn't realize that, uh, you were codependent for years. So give us, give us some signs. Are there signs that somebody can actually look at themselves and say, you know, if they want to analyze themselves, okay, well, kind of like going on that, what's that doctor site, you know, where you go on and you look at your medical condition and, you know, I'm dying because I have a headache type right, thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some of the, the, the things to look for. So um, if you're unable to find any satisfaction in your life outside of that specific person, that's a, a red flag. So if you can't find any joy, any happiness in your life, um, it's all tangled up and wrapped up in that other person and what they're doing, you know, that's, that's a pretty big warning sign. Um, you know, do you recognize unhealthy behaviors in your partner, but you stay with them anyway? So, you know, with you and, you know, drinking and hospitalizations and, you know, driving drunk, DUIs, et cetera, but, you know, I just kind of sweep that under the rug and stay with you. Um, that's a problem. Um, you know, are you giving support to your partner at the cost of your own mental, emotional, and physical health? So, you know, many nights I'd stay up two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, digging alcohol out of the car and throwing it away and, you know, picking you up from the bars, loading kids up in the car at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. That's, that's horrible, physically, emotionally, and mentally. And then um, if you've ever lied to loved ones, friends, or coworkers about the addictive behavior or the consequences of the addictive behavior to cover it up because that behavior is embarrassing or shameful, um, you know, that's a biggie. You know, it's compromising, you know, it was compromising my own integrity because of your actions. So if you're doing that, um, that's probably a pretty big sign that you've got a codependent relationship. Well, the words that kind of stick out when you're we're talking about this, embarrassment and shame stick out quite a bit. I, that that couldn't possibly just apply to alcohol and drugs. And it's got to apply to, well, you, in your first marriage, you know, you were, you were embarrassed and yep. ashamed you got, uh, that you were, were beat and they're abused. Yep. So that basically applies to anything. It's if you match up those things, you you are definitely definitely codependent. Well, we always talk on the show about what made you flip. Now yours is a little different since it's not you know an alcohol drug. You flip, you know, it's usually just quit right away. But this is kind of more of a slow process. What 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 made you finally want to make a change? So um, you know when you wanted to start the Celebrate Recovery at um, Valpo Naz. I really was doing it just to help you out. I mean, I knew that, again, I was enabling and things like that, but I knew there was a codependent label, if you will, out there. But, um, you know, it really wasn't until I went through my first step study and and realized just how deep, um, you know, codependency was in my life and how it started from early on in childhood, and it was just a ribbon throughout a lot of choices that I made that were, um, you know, not good for me, but because I, I didn't really know what else to do, um, you know, I just, I kept making the same bad choices over and over and over again. And so that really, when I did that first step study and realized, um, you know, the patterns I saw in my life and that only Jesus Christ could help me really settle those and, you know, come out on the other end of recovery, which is, you know, a daily process. It's not one and done. Hey, I'm fixed. Um, but it is something to really think about and work on every day. So your, your flip, as we call it on this show anyway, that's the term I made up a few weeks ago and made it official, mm-hmm. official medical term, flip. Flip. 
<laughs> so your flip uh came a little later in mind because you didn't really understand uh, codependency or anything until you were actually going to CR and starting the this, this step study and all that kind of stuff. Right. All right. Well, as a uh, recovering codependent, tell me, um, what can you tell uh, others out there that know has, that something has to be done, but uh, you know, maybe they don't know exactly what to do or where to go or where to start because it sounds like they could be a little confused like you you were. Right. Absolutely, go to Celebrate Recovery. You, I was um, surprised, amazed that there are other women. Now, I'm obviously in women's groups, but other women out there that have done that same thing I've done. I call it the hamster wheel. Um, you know, getting up at two and three in the morning, digging booze out, picking up, you know, your husband from jail. You know, I've said all these things already, obviously, but. Again, the nothing changes if nothing changes. Someone, I always say, has to jump off that hamster wheel. Whether it was you jumping off and not drinking anymore, we, me jumping off of that codependency, something had to give. Um, so again, if you're in a codependent relationship, it's about recovery for yourself is what it's about and, and seeking that out and being in a room of um, you know, ladies that struggle with the same things. You know, I felt I was going crazy. I would ask you, hey, did you have something to drink? I knew you did. You would lie about it. I just wanted the truth. Just tell me the truth. And so, you know, I thought I was crazy. And so when you kind of get in that room with other ladies and, you know, they have that same conversations with their significant other or whatever that is, or mothers with their kids um, having those same conversations, it gives you a sense of, I'm not all alone. Uh, there's support out there. We just want to help one another and support each other. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, the more you talk, the more um, the uh, I, I can. I just keep thinking abusive, uh, mentally and abusive uh, husbands and wives and that kind of stuff. So, but uh, not only just the drugs and alcohol. But I've heard a lot of stories. Now, you men listening out there, are you hearing what we uh, mentally do to our wives and girlfriends? You know, we ask them to lie for us and cover for us. We ask them to do things they would never do if we weren't the ones asking them to, to do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're the kind that just uh, tells them to be quiet and don't worry about it. And you just leave them in their own world of, uh, you know, wor worry and un uncertainty. The problem is we, we don't care in the moment because it's all about us. That's the biggest problem. It's all about us. This is the collateral damage that I've been talking about. I've said it several weeks in a row. Just the fact that we, or you, as a man, are guilting women and girls to do something to cover for you because you know you can take advantage of the fact they love you, that should really make you think. I mean, get into a Celebrate Recovery and meet other men that uh, made their family a family again. And women, women you are... Uh, you're not off the hook on this. In the same fashion, there's men covering for their wives and girlfriends because uh, they keep drinking a, a couple of bottles a day of wine, filling their sport, sports bottle with uh, vodka as if nobody knows what they're doing. As a codependent husband or boyfriend, you know, they make sure the kids are taken care of. And they usually lie to the neighbors. They don't want the neighbors to know what's really going on. But he kind of limps through every day wishing that, you know, everything could be different. But he realizes he's helpless because you won't help yourself. In these situations, we're going to damage our own children as, as they're, they're growing up. They think that uh, this is the way a family's supposed to be. Uh, kids all know what's going on. You're fooling yourself if uh, you don't think they know. And by nature, 
you know, kids like to imitate their parents, so they're going to do the same thing. But on the other hand, when you take responsibility for your actions and you do something about yourself, your children, and I know this from experience, your children will respect you for coming to grip with the situation. They're never more proud of you when you stand up and conquer it rather than just go along the same. Then maybe, just maybe, you can make that generational change we've talked about so they don't grow up making the same life choices you made. And uh, all of you codependents, we've been talking about codependency all, all afternoon here. You codependents out there, just go to a Celebrate Recovery, you know, and work on yourself. Your partner may or may not ever change, but you can change. They will not change unless they want to change for themselves. That should not stop you from making a change in your life. You can find other codependents that are, that are struggling also. You can find a way to overcome these feelings of guilt and anger and hopelessness you have, you know, just by working through the 12 steps like Stacy did. And, and last thing I want to say is to the codependent parents, because this situation is just, it's difficult. But you codependent uh, parents out there who are bailing out their children at every turn because you think it's your duty and, and you need to take care of them. You know, you give them money, which they use to support a habit, or you bail them out of jail because you don't want them there. You're not helping them. You're enabling them to continue down the same path they're on. Their, their pain will never become more than their fear to change if you're taking or you're making sure that uh, they never experience the pain. The pain is what makes us change. Go to a Celebrate Recovery for yourselves and work on you. Go as a couple. That's the great thing about Celebrate Recovery is it's not just like an AA meeting, which are great. AA meetings are perfect for alcohol. But this is something where you can go together and work on all different hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, so you can go in together. You can go with your uh, spouse. You can go with your child. You can go with a friend. You can go, you're going to learn things about yourself. You're going to learn how other parents had to bite the bullet and just, uh, you know, in the end, they regained the joy they had in their lives. Because CR is definitely for every hurt, habit, and, and habit for the person that desires some sort of positive change in their life. But anyway, thanks, Stacy. Now, on uh, next week's show, we're going to have Shannon from Ohio. Shannon's going to talk about her abusive marriage and a life filled with alcohol and drugs. You know, how did uh, Celebrate Recovery uh, help her overcome her guilt and embarrassment of living with an abusive husband? Don't miss that out. Or don't miss out especially you there in uh, Australia. I, I'm hoping we're going to hear from you next week. And for everyone else listening, you want to help someone else and just don't know what to do or don't have the time to do it, listen to this. In our first four weeks of this show, we were, we're now posting this show in 204 different Celebrate Recovery groups. It's posted in 102 Facebook groups for recovery with as many as 79,000 members in a single group. And we're now on three, or in three different countries. God is definitely on the move here at, at New Endings Radio, and I want you to be a part of it. I need your help. Uh, this is just an idea I threw out a few weeks ago, and God's grabbed this and, and made it really take off. It takes me three days to post all these posts so everybody can see the show. If you want to help someone else or just do something, it only takes you one second to share the show on your Facebook page or send it in a message or an email. Think how many people you can touch with the push of a button. Please, please help us reach more people by sharing this show. You can just copy the link and post it somewhere. Put it, email it to somebody. 
you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page is named um, New Endings Radio. Go to New Endings Radio. I put it on a, a Facebook Live that you can share, and I also put a podcast on there. So you can just copy the Podbean podcast, and you can send that to anybody. Get it out there and let, let people. You never know what your neighbor's going through, you know, because I always say that they're not going to tell you. So just throw it out there anywhere. It only takes you a few seconds. That'll be your one thing that you can do to change a person's life, and you won't even know it. You'll know it later when, you know, when we're in heaven, they come and find you and say, hey, thanks for posting that. You say, what are you talking about? Remember that? That'll be kind of cool, actually, when that all happens, huh? All right. Well, uh, Stacy, do you want to do the serenity prayer? All right, go ahead. I'd love to. Uh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Nice. I think you did better than I did. <laughs> now make sure you go to our Facebook page. New Endings Radio. Remember, I'm going to keep pumping this into you. New Endings Radio. Just go on there. Facebook, super easy. Get on there. Like something. Share Through something. Our media stations. Whatever you need to do. All right. Whatever you can do. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, here on New Endings.